Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Our subject is this, this week is what it means to be living in Christ. And uh, you're basing this series on uh, some verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Colin. And you're going to tell us today what it means to be enriched in Christ every day. Yes, we, we saw that when we're born again, God puts us into Christ. His life becomes our life. His inheritance becomes our inheritance. We can receive from God whatever he gives or has given to his son because, as we, we saw yesterday, God has already blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And we saw yesterday at the end that in writing to the Corinthians, Paul is writing to those who are sanctified, set apart for God, made holy in Christ Jesus, and that he's writing this not only to the church in Corinth, but to all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is a letter that is written to us in this nation at this time. And we saw that therefore to be in Christ, Paul says we are in the flow of his grace. His grace, God's grace is given to us in Christ. All that God desires to give is available to us because we live in him at one with Jesus. And then he makes this statement in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 5, For in him, in Christ, you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge. Now, what does this mean? Because clearly it's possible for us, if we're Christians, uh, to speak things that are not right and that are not in accord with, with Jesus Christ, uh, we are able to do things uh, that obviously do not reflect a unity with Christ. So how can he say that we have been enriched in every way? Well, what he means is that all the riches of Christ, everything that pertains to his life, has been given to us as our inheritance even now because we live in Christ and Christ lives in us. The outworking of what Jesus promised to his disciples, abide in me, live in me, and I in you. This means that we can be enriched in everything we say. God wants us to be people of faith. And you remember Jesus said, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, if we have been enriched in every way, then our conversation, the things that we say, need to reflect that, that we believe that we have from God everything that he says we have. We don't have to speak about want and need and, uh, and a whole lot of negative things if we have been enriched in every way. What God wants us to do is by faith, he wants us to take hold of all that he says is our inheritance. So you see, he says we've been enriched in our knowledge because the word of God, the scriptures that we have, reveal to us what that inheritance is, what Jesus Christ has done, what Jesus Christ has made available and given to all those who believe in him. So although it's true that we can think and speak and do things that do not reflect the Lord Jesus Christ, 
we do not have to do those things. And it is possible, if we are a people of faith, to take hold of those full riches that are ours in Christ. So Paul goes on to say, therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift. God has given us the Holy Spirit because we're in Christ. To all those who are placed in Christ, he gives his spirit. And when God gives you his spirit, he gives you the whole person of the Holy Spirit. All his gifts, all his graces, all his fruit can be reproduced in your life. Now, a lot of Christians don't understand that. Some don't think the gifts are for today. That's certainly incorrect. And some misunderstand what Paul says later in 1 Corinthians, that... Um, you know, to one is given this gift, to another this gift, to another another gift. It, it sounds as if you can only have one gift. That is not what Paul is saying. He's talking about the conduct of public worship, that in public worship, not everybody is going to use all the gifts on every occasion. Otherwise, there'd be no end to the service. But what he is saying here in the first chapter is not a contradiction to what he says later, but is actually the full revelation of what we have because um, the Holy Spirit lives in us. We do not lack any spiritual gift. All the gifts of the Holy Spirit are available to any believer and to every believer. And if you have received the Holy Spirit, you can take hold of any one of those gifts of the Spirit whenever you need them. The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, the working of miracles, the healing, the tongues, the interpretation, the prophecy, the discerning of spirits, and so on. Whatever gift you need, it's yours because you are in Christ and Christ is in you. Everything that pertains to his life is available to you. And this is emphasized even more at the end of this first chapter of 1 Corinthians, where Paul says in verse 30, it is because of him, that is because of God, that you are in Christ Jesus. Who's he talking about? Those to whom he's addressing this letter, to the church in Corinth and to all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you are a Christian who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, then this is a word for you, that it is because of God that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Now, you see, this is the outworking of what I say. If you are living in Christ, his life becomes your life. So his righteousness becomes your righteousness. It isn't that you have a righteousness of your own, but his righteousness makes it possible for you to stand in the presence of God before the throne of God, clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And he will treat you as he would treat his son because you're clothed with Christ, because you are in Christ Jesus. He has become your holiness. You don't have to try to create a holiness of your own. That holiness of Christ becomes your holiness, your purity. The Holy Spirit uh, enables that spirit of holiness to live in you and to be reflected in your life. He is your redemption. He is the one that has given you forgiveness of sins. He is the one who has died for you in order that now your life might belong to God and that you might live at one with him. 
It's all what he has done for you. It's not what we have done for ourselves. It is such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful truth. And this is the gospel that should be preached everywhere and that should be understood by every believer in every church. I guess a lot of people really struggle with feeling inadequate before God compared to what we're reading here, Colin. So you're really saying it's a wrong view of uh, of who we are in Christ that we struggle well, with. Well, we, we, we dealt with that last week, you see, when we looked at the basis of the gospel, because none of us in our own strength can stand in worthiness before God. But what is the gospel? We have been forgiven of all our sins. We have been cleansed of all guilt. We have been made totally acceptable before God. So now we can stand with confidence. We can, as the writer to Hebrews says, we can come right into the Holy of Holies, right before the throne of God with sincere hearts and in full assurance of faith. What is that full assurance of faith? That we have been made acceptable, that we have been made holy uh, through Jesus Christ. And Obviously, nobody could live in Christ unless God had fully and totally accepted that person. And no, God wouldn't come to live in, Christ would not come to live in anyone unless that person had become totally acceptable to God. Now, that doesn't mean that he approves of everything that we do, but it means that because of Jesus Christ, because of our unity with him, God looks upon us as fully accepted. He looks upon us as his righteous people, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So in and of ourselves, we remain weak. In and of ourselves, if we trust in ourselves, we will fail. But God sees us in his beloved son. He sees us at one with him. He sees all the divine possibilities for our life because of what he has done for us and because of the way in which he has gifted his life to us. If you, if you try to live the Christian life by depending upon your own human strength and abilities, you're doomed to uh, a life of striving and struggling and you will feel that you constantly fail to measure up to the mark and to fulfill what God expects of you. But if you live in the revelation of the truth of what God has done for you in Christ, then the Christian life is a simply wonderful, wonderful life. You're not striving and struggling and straining to achieve, but you are what the author of the epistle to the, to, to the Hebrews is calling the rest of faith. You just rest in God. You rest in him. You, you rest, you trust in uh, what Jesus Christ has done for you and what he's made you. And so uh, Paul is constantly bringing to the different churches this revelation of what it means to be in Christ. And tomorrow we're going to look at some of the verses in the first two chapters of Paul's a letter, letter to the Ephesians, and we'll see that he is saying the same thing there as he is to uh, the Corinthians, but he's explaining it in even greater depth because he wants all the churches everywhere to live in this glorious revelation of who we are in Christ. Because only if we live in this revelation of truth will we really be able to reveal the life of Christ in our lives in the way that God intends. 
You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 